Our scripture lesson today is from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36, and they're found on page 56 in your New Testament pew Bibles. But as I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Listen to the voice of the Spirit speaking to the church. Good morning. Will you pray with me? Loving God, may your Spirit be strong in this place this morning. May it meet us where we are, but not leave us there. May it catch us off guard and take hold of us and stay hold of us until we share it and we share you in our lives. We pray this in Christ's good name. Amen. Two weeks ago, when our Montview lecturer, Walter Brueggemann, was here, we gathered about 25 clergy types on that Saturday just a chance to have some casual conversation with Walter. And at some point in the discussion, he almost offhandedly said, you know, the church is the place where people still come to hear funny talk. And I didn't know what he meant by it, and I don't know what he meant by it. He didn't explain it. And I know we do talk funny here. There's all the these and thous and woe to use. We tell stories about Levites and lepers and other out-of-fashion things. We have weird names for stuff like a chancel instead of a stage, a narthex instead of a lobby, a hymnal instead of a playlist. That's funny. Yeah, you get that? Just... <laughs> 8.30 was right there, folks. They got it. But I don't think that's what Walter had in mind. I think he was saying that we come to church to hear talk that is strange to us in the way that you'd meet a stranger who might just change your life. Talk that we haven't already heard a thousand times the way so much of the regurgitated, domesticated speech of the rest of our week goes. Talk that is odd enough and unsettling enough that maybe something new could break through. Talk that could open a window and let in some air. 
Our scripture this morning is uh, from Jesus's, uh, from Luke's uh, gospel, Jesus' Sermon on the Plain. That's Luke's version of Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. It's, it's the sermon really at the core of Jesus' message. And as talk goes, it's about as funny as funny gets. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. If someone takes your coat, see, see if they need your shirt, too. This isn't just funny talk, it's, it's crazy talk. In the Gospels, you know, they're, they're full of examples like this, talk that doesn't make sense, stories of forgiveness where punishment is due, condemnation of the righteous and blessings on the sinners, directives to lose your life if you want to save it, come in last if you want to be first. Most of what Jesus says doesn't make any sense, really. And it's not just the Gospels. The Bible as a whole is, is full of this. It's full of this funny talk, full of prophets saying that we should care about the people that nobody cares about. Full of stories where, Jesus, where God takes the most unlikely people to do the most amazing things. So much of the Bible is odd, backwards, and clearly just not true. Or is it? Tell all the truth, but tell it slant, said Emily Dickinson. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. Success in circuit lies, too bright for our infirm delight. The truth's superb surprise. As lightning to the children eased with explanation kind, the truth must dazzle gradually, or every man be blind. The truth must dazzle gradually, else every man be blind. The truth, the, the capital T kind of truth that the Bible is concerned with, working on, can be hard to recognize for us. It's hard to look at it straight on. So there's something about it that, that makes it hard for us to see and easy to forget. Especially, I think, some truths, because some truths, let's be honest, we don't want to hear them. I think there are two lies that we tell ourselves that the Bible is always trying to uncover. One of them is more communal. One of them is more personal. And the Bible uses straight talk, funny talk, poetic talk. God's getting really tired of you not getting this talk to get through to us because we have proven to be slow learners. The communal lie is the insistence that we can continue to ignore people on the margins of our society and expect things to continue just fine indefinitely. We talked about that lie when Dr. Brueggemann was here. We, we, we looked at the prophet Isaiah and all the prophets who say, seek justice and rescue the oppressed and defend the orphan and the widow and the immigrant or else. It's, it's not a suggestion. It's not a 
request. It's a condition. There's consequences. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse, and if you rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Isaiah 1.19 And I guess we can believe either that, that God will eventually just get so tired of this injustice that God will not stand for it anymore, or we can just think that this is the way the universe works, that what goes around will eventually come around. What we neglect today, we will pay for tomorrow. But either way, the result is the same. According to the Bible, this won't last forever. This lie will come undone. And we know the signs, don't we? The 70 million refugees and asylum seekers. 70 million. That's about one in every hundred people on this planet right now has fled their homes. And the gap between the poor and the wealthy and the, the increasing fear of the other, the desperate alienation behind acts of violence, mass shootings and terrorism, and of course the planet, the poisoned oceans and the mounting piles of trash and the dying species that we are far too comfortable with. All of these are signs, are they not, that the foundations are shaking. Signs that we cannot go on this way. Signs the Bible would say that we have not loved our neighbor and that we have not cared for the widow and the orphan and the immigrant the vulnerable, the least among us. We have told ourselves a lot of lies to get here. Like there isn't enough to go around, that life must be a competition. It is survival of the richest. That we've all had the same chances. Or that it's unfortunate, but it's just the way the world is. We told ourselves that the misfortune of others is not at the end of the day, our problem. But their misfortune is our problem. Our greed and fear is their problem. Because we are connected. We, we belong to each other. We are responsible for each other. Our fates are tied. Our futures intertwined. And the Bible says it straight and it says it slant. It says it any way it can, hoping we will listen to that because it could be too late. The second big lie, the personal lie that we tell ourselves is this. That even if the world is headed for ruin, at least things, thank you Jesus, are working out for me. But it's not true either. The statistics confirm what any of us can look around and see, that even in the winner's circle, things aren't going all that well. Anxiety, depression, alcoholism, suicide, all on the rise. 
And more and more of us, even if we don't have a, a label to put on it, feel increasingly hurried and worried and discontent, increasingly grasping for this thing or that thing, something, anything, to combat a malaise that we can't quite name. The Bible can name it, though. Jesus can name it. The same thing that doesn't work for society doesn't work for the individual. Neglecting our neighbor, living in protected enclaves, and clinging to what's ours isn't working for us, even when it's working for us. What's the answer? Love your neighbor, Jesus says. Love your neighbor, love God, and love your neighbor, and everything else will follow. I'm not sure we can still hear how radical that is to really try to love your neighbor. To love your rich neighbor and your poor one. To love your black neighbor and your racist one. To love your documented neighbor and your undocumented one. To love your enemy. To do good to the one who's not doing good to you. It's crazy. And maybe it's not true. Or maybe the truth of it is just too bright for us to look at directly. And this is going to sound funny coming from this side of the pulpit. But lately I've had a bit of an awakening, I think. A new appreciation for the incredible gift that we have in the Bible and Jesus and the church. Because as, as flawed as the church is, it, it's dawning on me that we also are the keepers of this, this very precious jewel that perhaps is just too bright to see directly. Because, you see, the church speaks from a position of power, but from the perspective of the poor. That's amazing. Or at least it can, if it has the courage to. How did that happen? How, how did the people in power not bury that thing as soon as they caught wind of it? And I know it gets misused, the Bible. And I know it gets warped into a thousand different things. But those words, they're still there. They're like a jewel that we can pick up anytime we want. That's a gift. This world needs that gift. The church is one of the few voices in our culture with the moral authority to speak a counter-narrative to, to self-centered gain and never-ending progress. That's a gift. It's a, it's a responsibility that we have, which is to say that what we do here and what we, what we talk about here and, and the vision of the world that we, we claim here, it, it matters more than I think, more than I thought it did, more than maybe we realize. So I hope we will keep 
listening for what this Bible and the gospel and what Jesus is trying to say to us. And I, I hope that we will keep exposing the lies that are harming all of us and separating us. And God, I hope we always have a place like this for people who want to come and hear funny talk.